We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. You do the thing you're scared shitless of, and you get the courage after you do it. That's the way it works. That's the dumbass way to work. It should be the other way around. You'll have to excuse my friend. The town is back that way. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences. That's the way it works. Don't worry, we'll catch our break too. Just gotta keep our eyes open. Hello, and welcome to episode number 26 of the Looks Like We're Lost podcast. I'm Dustin Redazel, and joining me is a man with a huge, huge HSA. It's Tommy (laughs) Cooksey. Uh... Don't let don't let my talk fool you. Don't let it fool you. But it is a nice investment vehicle for those that don't that, that don't partake. Little a little tax shelter. Man, I feel like um, man, I feel like it's been a while since we spoke. We had the the you late night one pod week with Zach, and it feels like a year. It it does, man. It really does. Not to mention, you know, I was traveling internationally for the first time in. I don't know, three years. So how'd it feel? Felt oddly normal. It's really nice. Couldn't couldn't mm. recommend it enough. To be honest. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Is this a teaser? I mean, it'd probably be part of the teaser. The other teaser might be your te- or might be your recommendation. I don't know yet. We haven't compared notes, but uh, we'll see. You want to just get crazy that's a teaser. and kick it off? You want to just get crazy and kick it off with a recommendation? Yeah, I'll do that. I'm not, I'm not too proud. I'll kick it off with two recommendations. Let's hear them. First recommendation. Thanks to friend of the pod, friend in real life, guest of the pod, Quint Coward, for the Chipper recommendation. Oh, Chipper that's... app. C-H-I-P-R. Uh, it's basically an extension of your Apple watch, allowing you to track some more stuff, form groups. But what I like most about it is the sleep tracking functionality. Now I have not looked into all the details about how it tracks that, how accurate is it, you know, how accurate is the, uh, HRV and all these different things. But it's more data, and I find myself, anybody that tracks their sleep uh, through like one of the rings or through a whoop or any of these things, this just allows your Apple Watch to do it with a third party. But I find that when I wake up after an hour, I give myself an hour without a cell phone, and I look at my data on my sleep, I'm like, yep, when I got up to use the bathroom at like one o'clock, I was stumbling. So definitely coming out of deep sleep. When I woke up at four, I was absolutely out of deep sleep. So it lines up pretty well to what I'm doing. So if you're interested in data, interested in how you're sleeping, it's a good data point. And then the other thing simply is to, if you have the means to travel with your kids, Mm. that'll be easier to do once COVID is really under control. Um, But we took a... um, two-year-old and a four and a half year old to Mexico granted we had 
two sets of in-laws there to help. But the actual traveling portion, uh, being in a different country, being off schedule, being off some kind of routine, it built this little bond that they have now, built some resiliency, and they are better for it. Um, and, you know, I think it's uh, it creates a little bit of, of ca- controlled chaos for them to figure it out. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you have the ability to do it, maybe there's different schools of thought on this, but it was absolutely a cool experience to see them just kind of figuring it out. We didn't have all the toys with us. We just had, we just had the pool, you know? So anyway, those are my two recos. Oh, I love that. I, uh, we haven't done any extensive traveling with Walter and Winnie, but you know, this weekend we got away down to Bluffton, South Carolina, Mm uh, you know, visited some family down there, and it could just be my perception changes, but I don't think so. I feel like any time we get off the reservation and just have some new inputs, like Walter at the very least feels expanded. Mm-hmm. Like he's talking about new stuff, he's thinking about things he has differently. It's just a good shift of inputs for a kid who's mostly been locked up in quarantine for yeah. last year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we're seeing animals like giant iguanas. We swam with dolphins. When we're leaving, we see this whole like, family of monkeys walking around. And it's like, they're not seeing that stuff here. <laughs> so... And, you know, they're, they're talking about, they see it. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I've never touched a dolphin before and it was pretty wild. So really, that was your first dolphin touch. First dolphin touch. It's very intimate. Ah, man. How'd it feel? Did, were you impressed with the smoothness or was it rougher than you thought? Uh, much smoother and much more cushy than I thought. Did it feel like a heavy bag of sand? I don't even know how I don't even honestly know how to describe it. I don't know how to describe it. What the coolest thing I know where you're going with that. I'm not taking the bait. I uh <laughs> <laughs> what the, the coolest thing so because we had the two young kids we didn't do like the let them push you in the air, like let ride the dolphin kind of thing. And there's also a part of me that feels like that's super inhumane even though they're kept in captivity and what they're swimming in these small tanks is already inhumane. I'm like quoting Ace Ventura the entire time. Uh, but we, we get in the middle and we get in a circle and the dolphin swims two circles around us and just to feel the absolute power they can generate zero to 60 or whatever they speed, they zero to 35 <laughs> is insane. Right. It's insane. Like it's, it's absolutely insane. And you, you look at them and you're like, Oh, they're just always smiling. They're happy. They're happy animals. And then as I'm stepping toes into the water, I'm like, this is still a wild animal. And if it wants to take me and drag me to the bottom of this pool, it's going to do it. And then I just, you know, had to put that dark thought of mine, breathe through it and think this is going to be all right. But uh, it was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. You're hitting on something with the dolphin or reminding me of something with the dolphin about how they just seem happy the whole time. Yeah. Uh because I almost considered making my recommendation this week to just be do less. Mm-hmm. You know, very forgetting Sarah Marshall. 
Yep. You know, a sci-fi book I love, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, they mention that humans are the third smartest species. The smartest species is dolphins. Okay. And there's plenty of science around how intelligent the dolphin actually is, and it is a very smart animal. But I always think about dolphins when you, if you really tried to compare who was the smarter species, humans or dolphins, it's almost impossible to, to judge because we don't have a dolphin's perception of the world. We can only see things the way that a human sees things. The thing I always think about with the dolphin is if they were actually smarter than us, it couldn't be more obvious because they've chosen to do away with all the things that stress us out. Yeah. They don't have to worry about work. They don't have to worry about like their social hierarchy that much. They swim. They eat their fish. They play little games. They're not burdened by possessions. Like it, in a lot of ways, it just seems like a much more ideal life to be a dolphin. Well, and I, and you know, obviously, my fascination with them peaked uh, as as I'm like, you know, once I've been with the dolphins, then I'm really interested. But th- they can swim in pods of like a thousand, so they're in community. The thing that separates it, and maybe it's a good thing or a bad thing, is they are still sort of instinctive species, whereas you know they can't think about their thought or maybe they can do we really know i don't think we really know that (laughs) apologies for the technical difficulty um if anything that we say doesn't make sense with what we were just saying that's probably because we had about an eight minute time jump (laughs) of choppy feed um my recommendation is nose breathing I am about halfway through a book called Breath, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that they cover, everything about human respiration, but one of the simplest things you can do that has huge benefits is shutting your mouth and breathing through your nose. You get sick less. You uh, increase airflow to your arteries, veins, and nerves because your nose humidifies and warms the air as it comes in and makes it easier for your body to use it. Um, In the long run, it balances your oxygen and CO2 levels better so that you can actually increase your oxygen intake. It slows down your breathing, which is good for your heart rate, Uh, strengthens your diaphragm and keeps it more on pace. And all of those things lead to decreases in stuff like sleep apnea, less snoring. You're more likely to sleep evenly through the night. You're less likely to get a sore throat, to have a cold. Uh, And you're more likely to have healthy teeth. Like mm-hmm. sleeping with your mouth open doesn't allow your saliva to do the work of cleaning your mouth because you dry the whole thing out. There's just a litany of benefits for such a simple thing as shutting your mouth it's, and breathing through your nose. It's funny, dude. That's James Nestor, right? Yep. Yeah, I think he, he was on Rogan at one point along oh, the really? way. Yeah, he was on Joe Rogan. At, I think it was Rogan. It was either Rogan or uh, or Tim Ferriss. 
I think I'm pretty pretty positive it was Rogan. And uh, immediately afterwards, I was like, oh my gosh, I am constantly breathing out of my mouth. And I noticed two things. One, when I, when I go to sleep, I really focus on breathing with my nose. D- big breaths in, big breaths out, and keeping my mouth shut. And I think it's in- I think it's improved my sleep dramatically. And I also noticed that when I try to tell my kid, like when they're like sick, when my kids have a, like a head cold or something, and they can't sleep, I'm like, just breathe out of your mouth. And they can't understand what I'm saying. They don't, it doesn't even make sense to them to breathe out of their mouth. (laughs) Um, and it's, it's a learned, it's a bad habit, a learned behavior. So, uh, the practice of doing it is a little bit harder. Um, and I, I've tried to do it during like training and it is tough. It is brutal to try to do it while you're training. If you're not accustomed to it, have you tried it at all? Yeah, I totally agree. I have. I've tried to do it when probably the first time was back when I was uh, training for the Chicago Marathon. I would try to do longer runs, mm-hmm. and like I would, I basically felt myself capping out at like a nine-minute pace. Mm, okay, and you know, there's a theory you could. Like your body will adjust in the long run and that it actually is much better for your overall uh, ability aerobically. Yeah. And he goes, James Nestor goes into that at some detail in his book. But when I was trying to do it, it's just like, it really did seem like putting a governor on how hard I could push. Yeah. So I kind of gave it up on the the workout front, and I don't know. I, I only started I only started listening to this book less than a week ago, and I'm a little over halfway through it. So I've tried working it back in these last few workouts, but it is tough. It's tough. It's like I can do it pretty good during the day. Like I'm fine. I I don't think I'm much of a I don't know. I, I still mouth breathe too yeah. often. Yeah. But yeah, when, when working out, it's super tough. Yeah, man. It's, but yeah, I, I would agree. I don't, I think if anyone's listening, you know, or I guess not if anyone's listening, people do listen <laughs> for who, for the people who are listening, <laughs> uh, give it a try. Just kind of be aware for like half a day of, uh, you know, how you're breathing and see if you can adjust it, see if you can change it. So I noticed that I was it, it at first it was hard. It was almost like my nasal passages had kind of started to, you know, form differently. I couldn't breathe as well right off the bat, and then it's gotten progressively easier and easier. So that's a good recommendation. I had forgotten about him. Uh, is that book on uh, on uh, Libby? It is. You know it. Queuing it up, baby. Once you're done with it, I'm gonna put my hands on it or my ears on it. I guess. <laughs> If uh, if you get in line, there's going to be a copy available in about two days. <laughs> well, dude, something I wanted to ask you about, <clears throat> and uh, it's uh, since we haven't been able to really see each other much over the last year, I, I noticed it on your socials about kind of readjusting the accountability mirror, and, and that's just a, a metric for readjusting the 
uh, important factors or things that you're going to give attention to in your life. And I'm, I'm very happy that, that podcasting stayed on there. I'm, I'm glad I made the list up there with, uh, with family and exercise, <laughs> but, uh, what, what, br- I mean, what brought you to the decision or what brought you to that? Were you just feeling some kind of burnout? Were you feeling like you were kind of trying to do too much? What, what, what kind of brought you to this? What, you know, did, did Katie say, dude, you're doing too much. I need more help. Or like, well, you know, what, what was the aha moment where you were like, I got to, I got to step back and reevaluate what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Um, Man, I don't even know if there was an aha moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I have been trying to do a lot of stuff all year long, and I wasn't feeling satisfied by. I you know where I think it it probably stems from is a little bit of Teams Week with Cisco when the Nagaski sisters were talking about burnout. And that idea of burnout comes from not feeling reward for the work you put in. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I was putting in a ton of work across a lot of different avenues. And I wasn't feeling as satisfied as I wanted to feel in many of them. I felt like the writing was stagnant. I was... I was forcing a lot of writing that wasn't building to the completion of the book. Yeah. I was, you know, I was working frantically, but I didn't feel like the work was getting channeled appropriately. You know, I'm like squeezing it in. I'm doing it at night. It's the first thing I'm thinking about in the morning. Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm ex- I'm exercising but it's it's not for anything right other than like my general health right, right. it's I'm I'm truly stuck in like the infinite uh maintenance of exercise instead of like the pleasure that comes when you're okay I'm building towards this this marathon or this race or I'm you know like this run 21 thing that Dylan is doing that we're yeah. doing in the month of June like I'm not using the exercise to plug into a community, right? So I was looking at across all these things that I try to keep track of, uh, you know, my my professional work, my intellectual work, my working on my body, and like none of them felt like they were building towards a reward. And I thought that the goals I had were good it was forming a floor but it wasn't helping me reach towards any kind of ceiling so i just even though i'm doing a lot i also just felt like i was kind of sitting there yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah so i think it's i think it's been building in me for a while and i found myself sitting down to write like a little like what's been on my mind what am i going to write about this week and it felt like a burden when i i felt like i had other things i wanted to do and I was like, you know, there's a lot of things like this. I just need to reevaluate. So that's all it was. And not feeling like I owed. Like, I think I saw you share something about this from Adam Grant about like 
tradition and sticking to something just because it's the way it's always done. Yeah. And how that's kind of a dumb idea. Yeah, what is it? Is and that tradition, I found tradition my... is, what is it? It's like rules set by dead people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I found myself in a version of that with the mirror, like somewhere around, I don't know, week 18, I probably started thinking about it. And it's been on my mind for the last month. And I was just like, you know what? Let's turn it into something that like brings me life again. Yeah. I mean, I think that's good. It's, it's one of those things. I mean, if you, you can, you can literally think about it like the Adam Grant tweet about, you know, tradition is rules made up for you by dead people. Like the person that, that, that created that, you know, those, those goals is no longer existent, right? And that was a past version of you that's grown and, you know, had additions to your family and new, new job. And you, you're a different, it's almost like the a new version of the caterpillar, right? I mean, I don't know, or the butterfly or whatever, you know, the, the analogy that we've talked about. And so to, to take a step back, you, th- there's a definite feeling like you definitely know. Um, and, you know, I think this could be applied to if you, f- if you're in a job that you get the feeling that you're like, I'm not working towards anything. I'm, I'm going in, I'm doing the job, but I'm not working towards anything. Inherently and instinctively, you know that I need to find something new to do. But whether you listen to the voice and say, well, yeah, uh, there was a version of me that took this job and that version doesn't exist anymore. And, you know, I, I need to find something new to do. It, it, I think it is where we can grow into some kind of resentment against the people around us or ourselves, you know? Um, I think, you know, th- there's this, there's this mantra, especially in, in the U S you know, Western culture of, you know, quitters never win. You don't give up. Well, that, that's kind of stupid actually, because if something <laughs> sucks and you're not, it, you're not advancing it and you're never going to advance it. Right then quitting is the right thing to do sometimes in some areas, right? For sure. No, and that's what I was feeling. And I eventually convinced myself that because the mirror is so much about hard data and that's what makes it work. Mm -hmm. But the data is just there to form my own sense of accomplishment. Like those numbers could be about anything. So if I'm not having that feeling of progress, there, there is a, a self-awareness that's necessary because the mirror kind of helps me push through stagnation when I think the yeah. goal is right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's why I kind of just like gave it more time, even though I was feeling this weeks ago. is like, well, let's just keep pushing through and see see where it gets me sure but yeah i i kind of consider it an emotional victory to say like you know what i'm gonna stop doing some things and i'm i'm gonna reevaluate and i'm gonna pivot because i now trust my feelings enough that i control the mirror instead of needing the mirror to drive me yeah you know what i mean yeah i'll do totally i mean i think it's a, i think it's an awesome decision 
Um, and I think it's something that is a, a, a growing, I don't want to call it a phenomenon, but I, I, you're, you're the second person and one of, one of our good friends, friend of the pod, guest of the pod, uh, Jer Moeller has also kind of taken some, a step away from some of his work and he posted about it on his, um, therapy for the 99%. Like he was feeling complete burnout in some areas. And like we talked about burnout, essentially burnout isn't doing too much necessarily. It's doing things that, that, that aren't giving you a reward for doing them. Right. Or something. I probably butchered that paraphrasing it. Mm. And so there, there is some, um, there's a ton of value in the self-awareness to be able to step away from something uh, when even, you know, for you too, I mean, you, you put it out there. You've, you thrown the gauntlet at the beginning of the year. This is my accountability mirror. This is what I'm going to do. But to step back and say, well, these things aren't feeding me at this point. And it's, and in fact, it's creating some resentment in me and taking away from other areas that I'm finding in this season need more attention. Right. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good move. I think it's a, I think it's a smart decision. And <clears throat> as I sit here and say this, I know that I found myself in the same place because as you know, the cost of a decision is high for me. So like even just, <laughs> even just trying, inter- yes, well aware. yeah, e- even just like attempting intermittent fasting, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to like uproot everything. How am I going to do this? Instead of just saying, well, I can give it a try for like a couple of months. See if I like it. If I don't, it's not like I'm stuck doing it. It's like, I'm like okay, well, this is what you have to do forever. Sorry, you made the decision. You're stuck. Um, so it's it's good to recognize that, man. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because we... We visited some family, and I even heard this theme coming up, uh, you know, in the way that we talk to our kids about, like, quitting is bad. And, you know, particularly when you're kids, like, there is some truth to that. Like, you need yeah. to learn to follow through and honor your commitments. And, and that's why I am such a fan of using the mirror is because like in order to break my commitment, I basically have to tell anybody who cares to look at, look at me that like, Hey, I was doing this thing and I said I was going to do it. And I told everybody I was going to do it. And now I'm just going to change my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, at the very least, that creates enough of a barrier that I I know I've thought it through and I know I'm doing it for reasons that serve me well and not just because I got tired or indifferent. Or lost interest or found, you know, ju- yeah. jump to the next thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, not to make too much of it, I'm... My life isn't going to change that much. It's not like I, I'm i going to have some, you know, like I'm not throwing out the mirror. I'm not, like I'm still going to exercise. I'm still going to have like sleep foundations. Like 
the nature of my writing will be more focused uh, directly on one project. Yeah. You know? But it's... So it's not like it's like this massive alteration. I just needed a shift. Yeah, exactly. That's I think it's exactly what I'm what what, I, what I'm hinting at is that it's not I had this image of you like uh remember the movie Beer Fest? Yeah. From the um Love that movie. Yeah. When when Farva takes the trophy and he's oh, like well, Damn brewery and yeah, and he he throws the trophy across like screaming, "Damn brewery!" I was just picturing you like throwing the mirror out your window, like <laughs> just stamp accountability mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's not that heavy of a choice. It just I needed to do less. Uh, I need to be more like those dolphins. Yeah, you know? dude, it all comes around. Yeah. And uh, so I appreciate well, you good. saying something. Yeah, um, dude. I noticed it, and because I can feel myself getting there sometimes, where I, I can feel like the burning sensation in like my chest and a little bit in my gut, where I'm like, there's just not enough time to do the things that I want to get done. Um, yeah. And I find it's it's kind of like you know those days where you're like you get up and you're like, okay, I got a meeting at nine and eleven. I'm gonna work out at 12 and then I'm going to eat lunch at one and yeah, so on and so forth. Well, today's a good example for me. Like that was my plan, right? I had, I had a kind of had it planned out and then, you know, the, the skid plate on Annie's car just decided to come unscrewed and it's laying there in a parking lot. And so it's like, okay, well I was going to work out right then, but I have to get her back on the road. So now I'm having to shift my day around and like making sure that like, Okay, what do I have to cut out at the end of the day so that I can make time for the things that I need to get done? Um, it's just kind of a, a bigger scale of that, you know. So it's cool. It's good. I noticed it. I was yeah. like, that's, that's, that's Man, a good just, call. We're, yeah, I, I just what I found is like I am just so ruled by my expectations. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Whatever and. I'm not always the best at creating them. They they just kind of enter my head about like things I need or things I want and if they sit there long enough like they start to consume me. And the thing I liked about the mirror was that it it made my expectations my own and I knew that I had thoughtfully crafted them. And I just, it's one thing when I have some expectations about a day and I'm just like you, man, like that happened to me today and I, it put me in a mood that took me a while to like dig out of, Yeah. uh, you know, like I thought the day would go one way, it started to go another and I'm just not good at dealing with that. But when it's something I've created and it's, it's like lingering on me now. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't want to become the architect of my own disdain. It's like let's let's just press pause. Let's let's cut what feels oppressive. Yeah. Let's focus what has brought joy. Like let's fine tune what about it has brought joy. And like let's go forward with a simplified easier life. Like I honestly think just getting the mirror back down to like three stickers, just yeah. like an an exercise, intellectual, and emotional 
goal for maybe the remainder of this year because you know life has expanded rapidly oh yeah so like let's get it down to bare bones experience the expansion in my life and then we can ramp it back up when when the time comes yeah man so well, Dude, so what this, uh, yeah, I was gonna say the only other, the only card? other plug, yeah, the only other plug that I wanted to put out there is it, it, we mentioned it in passing and and uh, talk. Speaking of like committing to something, run twenty one. Um, mm-hmm. what I I think that, what what I like about it, and I think we've talked about this, is we're not trying to like raise money for anything at this point. We're not trying to. Uh, there's really no ulterior motive except for to see if we can all do it and to provide a little bump for our friend to uh, to get through a you know one of the hotter months. He lives in Florida. So basically um the premise behind this run 21 uh, one, one of our friends <clears throat> and uh definitely a fan of the pod uh has he he had a year where he wasn't able to run, which is kind of his his means of kind of release and cardio you know cardio work, and uh, so this year he says he's going to start slow and he's going to try to run at least a mile every day for the entire uh, year of 2021, and you know it's kind of like what you know Dusty your accountability mirror. When I first saw it, I was like, that's aggressive. <laughs> like that's a pretty aggressive goal. One mile by itself is not a lot. 365 days is a long time. And I've kind of just been tracking it and I'm like, man, he's five months in now. That's that by itself is impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, you know, I don't love running when I, once I get doing it, I don't hate it. And um, I was like, well, let, let's join him for a month. Give, give him a little bit of like, uh, you know, it creates that sense of community. He's not doing it alone, right? Um, and mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah, so you're gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. There's a couple of you know another guest that, that was on the pod. Uh, Mike Mabunga is doing it. You guys are all much better runners than I am, but uh, happy to be part of the part of the crew. And who knows? Maybe it'll go longer than the month of June. Maybe I'll go into July. Who knows? Let's not get crazy here. We're just gonna stick for 30 days for now. So follow along and also, yeah. Yeah, and and you know what? If if you're listening and you want to join, do it. Tag me, and we'll reshare it, and it'll just be a big community of people running every day. Yeah, no need to uh, commit to something beyond the the thirty day. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, not going to commit beyond it. <laughs> but I am excited for it. It was. It just felt good to be like doing something with a group. Yeah, you know which. I don't know. It, it, day one, of course, it's all like the new new thing energy today. So, yeah, today was day one. Yep. Uh, but I think it's awesome. And I love the commitment to it. I love the simplicity of it. Um, and I, it has so many obvious benefits. It does. So, yep. Yeah. Check us if, if you... Check either of us out on social media for the next 30 days. You're going to see a story about us running at least a mile. At least. Maybe more. A lot of excitement. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how we feel about this two weeks from now. 
Was I know. it difficult? Was it tough? We're supposed to be entering like hurricane season here in Raleigh. I know, I know. Well, you know, it's funny. Was, I was like, oh, I, I did thirty burpees for thirty-one days. I can, or thirty-one burpees for thirty-one days. I, but that took like a minute and a half. Like, barely breaking, barely getting my heart rate above a hundred. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I definitely went out a little aggressive today. I don't, I don't know how to pace, and uh, so I'm out there running like. You know my 5K mile on a warm-up mile. I, I need to figure it out. But anyway, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting as we revisit this in a couple of weeks and be like, yeah, this this has gotten easier, or no, this is still running, it's still running. Well, it's definitely it'll get it'll be both. Yeah, I've yeah. done a ton of running. It'll be a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we'll question of the card, week, yeah. and yeah, everybody, if uh, there's we called it out earlier. But if there's some disjointedness to this particular pod, we have been fighting through audio struggles the entire conversation. Um, you know, appreciate the patience. We're yep. not pros here. Nope, we are not. What? Uh, how many episodes in do you think you'd have to be to consider yourself like professional level? Oh, uh, man. I think... You probably have to have a star next to your name. <laughs> so infinity episodes. You got to just keep going. You just got to keep on going on. All right. Question of the week. What insecurity has been holding me back the most? Love this question. What insecurity has been holding me back the most? Yeah. You want me to start? You want to start? Uh, I think I'll start because based upon your passionate response, you probably have a better answer than me. No, no. Go ahead. Um, I think this, I, man, I get so bad at talking about insecurities. I was about to like do all these disclaimers right before I spoke about it, but. I yeah. think uh, insecurity that's the, that's the, around you know, the, mas- the my... masculine way to do it, isn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just let me build the context first, so it's acceptable for me to tell you what I don't like about myself. Yeah. Um. I think the insecurity that is holding me back the most has something to do with being a smart person, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and maybe you could call this success. I don't know. I, I think there is a version of myself that I believe I will be one day. And the truth is, I could change things about my life to be that person now. I could live in a lesser house. I could make a strong push uh, to my wife about, you know, her being the prime breadwinner for now and me focusing on an art and a craft. And the truth is, I don't believe that I don't have enough confidence to take that swing and that I could actually be great at something like writing a book and I 
I think that if I get done with that thing and it's middling or it's not accepted as good and I've thrown away a lot of other things that people see as good and successful, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I would feel about it. I just know that I don't necessarily have the balls to do it right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's something about my own intelligence or something about the way I want people to see me or if it's easier for me to have this idea that I'm working on this artistic thing, Mm -hmm. but really I'm just doing a standard nine to five corporate America life. Mm -hmm. And, and look, man, I, I like a lot of, various things in the the different facets of my life but like that is the one that nags at me is that do you believe in yourself or not yeah and as much as i think or will say that i do my actions kind of say maybe i don't Mm. you know yeah so it like that's one that just sits in the back of my head and i i I don't know if the fear is that I do it and I'm not good or I'm or others don't perceive me as good uh or if I do it and I do it exactly the way I want to and and maybe that isn't materially rewarding and I find out something about like my own superficial nature I yeah I don't know I think there's a lot of there's a lot in there that kind of holds me back. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for sharing that. Um, I think so. It's funny as you're saying that. What what I what I've been working on, and and are you? I, I don't. We don't have video right now, so I can't tell. I, if there's anything else you want to share, let me know. No, no. I'm. It, look, it, it's a lot. You can tell by my answer. Well, you can tell by my answer, I'm just kind of generally wandering around the idea. I don't yeah. have anything to like pinpoint. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'll see if we'll we'll, we'll see. You. I'll tell you what I've what I've been working on, and I don't know that it's holding me back necessarily anymore. It still creeps in, but it's something I've done a lot of thinking about and a lot of working on, and trying to understand where it comes from, what it's rooted in, and quite simply, it's being enough. And mm. that could be being, you know, being a good enough husband, being a good enough father. Am I a good enough employee? Am I any good at sales? Um, you know, in the in in a CrossFit gym, I'm not usually at the top of the leaderboard. So, am I good enough at this fitness thing? Right? Um, uh, you know, am I a good son? Am I a good brother? Am I a good friend? You know, there's all these. Am I good enough? And, <clears throat> you know, as you know, from and anybody that listens to the podcast regularly will know, like as a kid, I didn't try a lot of sports because I knew I was good at, at baseball. I was good. I was good enough at baseball. Like, you know, once the bases stretched to 90 feet, I was less good because I was 120 pounds and couldn't hit the ball very well. But, you know. The, the fear of not being good enough, of going out on a basketball court and looking foolish. Oh, you didn't know how to outlet pass, right? 
going out on a soccer field and not, you know, just looking like absolute trash that held me back from even trying it uh, because I didn't want to be perceived as not having it together, not being good enough. Um, it's what makes it hard for me to accept, you know, uh, uh, awards or like um, any type of accolade like, hey, you know, you had a great fiscal year, right? And it's like, I can always think of, well, you know, I was in the right, I was in the right territory. I have a great support team, you know, and not even just doing it out of humility. I mean, certainly out of humility, having all these things, but doing it out of, I just got lucky. Right. You know what I mean? It was like it, I was just in the right place at the right time, but trying to the work of, you know, in yourself, you are enough. Right. And mm-hmm. maybe f- like in your, in your situation, like for, for me, I'm as good as a husband as, as I can be. And if I have a bad day, I can apologize for it. And we, then the next day starts. Um, if I have a bad week or a bad month as a salesperson, you just readdress it and you say, that was just a bad, I, I'm not the, the, uh, the case study on my life is much larger than the one month that I had a bad month. Right. Hmm. And, you know, I see what I, I can absolutely see what you're what you're dealing with. It's like there's this thing that you think you could be good at. You think you could be great at, but it would take a big sacrifice to figure that out. And what do you also figure out along the way? I totally see what you're saying. Like you get halfway and you say, I'm going to commit to writing this book and you get halfway through and you're like, I actually don't even like this and I like nice things and I like a nice, uh, a regular paycheck and I like a bigger house. And it's like, what does that say about me as a person? Right. And is it, and is it necessarily bad? Like, look, Hey, I like nice things. I do. (laughs) So, but I would feel bad about getting them. I feel like I hadn't earned it. Like, Oh, what does that say about me as a person that wants to buy an expensive pair of shoes or something, you know? So, I think that's just being yeah. enough is probably the, the, the phrase that has cycled through my thoughts, my therapy, my conversations with Annie is like, is yes, what you're doing right now is enough. What you might do in 30 years will be different, but what you're doing right now is enough. So anyway, that's kind of what I've been thank doing. Thank you for with. sharing that. Yeah, dude. I, no, and I needed to hear it because you know what? So you know, bringing it back around to like the simplifying my goals from the accountability mirror standpoint and how it ties into the writing with the book. Like the writing with the book is like, I know I'll finish it. I know it's importance to me and I've come too far. Like I'm definitely past the point of no return with it. Yeah. Uh, And when I thought about, like, here's the things that I know for a fact that I'll keep doing. It'll be my family. It'll be writing. It'll be the podcast. And I also know, like, I'll keep working out. Right. And the reason I know for a fact that these things are on it, the reason the podcast made the list is your point. The podcast 
we've done it right from a personal, what do we get out of it? What are the expectations for it? Is it, is it big enough? Is it growing enough? Are enough people listening? Like none of that weighs on me at all Yeah. with this. Like that's not what it's about. Yep. And so because it is automatically enough that a friend shows up and I show up and we show up for each other, I'm happy here. Yeah, absolutely. Like this man. thing makes me happy. Totally. And I know that's true about the writing when it is focused correctly and I'm not like writing performatively. Mm-hmm. It's like I show up, I work on the book and it's enough. Yeah. Right. You're work- you're working on it as like a that- as a writer, not as the idea of a writer. Yeah, it's just when it is just mine and it's for the right reasons, then it is enough the moment I've done it. <laughs> it doesn't need to become something. And I think that's where I get in my head and start getting concerned about like what I'm doing is when I start like building these aspirations or like this says something about me or the success of this thing says something about me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough battle to fight. Like I know it doesn't go anywhere. It's just like in our nature, but it was good to hear your take on it. It makes me feel better. Uh, Dude, absolutely. And I think, you know, anybody who's, who's written a book or who's not or any even anybody who's not written a book getting to the point of publishing a book is an accomplishment in and of itself now whether you can retire off of that book who knows and if a book smash if a book slim to no chance yeah and if a book i mean you know if a book smashes well then do you spend the rest of your life trying to figure out how to write the next book it's like you know just like you said writing for the sake of writing not to be performative not to be what you know i i i stole this from jeremy but you know to be a, a the rock star like you know that was my defense mm-hmm. mechanism and so even when i like journal to myself i'm like writing in a way that i'm like when i read this back i am going to love the way this is written <laughs> like uh you know so you know yeah. maybe the simplicity of it is when you're in the state of being able to write for the reasons that you know you want to write, that's enough, and it'll and it'll, it'll it'll plug along till you get there. It's easy to say. I've never written a yeah, book. Yeah, I but. think the no, no. I think the to complete the insecurity aspect of this, like what I'm bothered about with myself is like I already know what the next book is going to be. Yeah, like I've been thinking about it. I have to tell myself not to think about it. Like stay where you're at. Yeah. Like I know, I know I would keep doing it. Uh, you know, it's not dissimilar to how, when we were doing Cheeto dust and it felt like this huge effort, like to get together every episode, like, what are we talking about? Like, have we thought through it enough? Are we ready? Mm-hmm. Versus now it's like, whatever, man, like let's turn it on. Let's go. We know what this is. Yeah. It's like, I know with the writing, what is, next and what I would do. And I think that's where I start to think it's like a lack of courage or confidence. I think there's some sort of insecurity preventing me from like giving myself over to that as much as I would like to. Mm -hmm. 
there's there's probably also some good sense like hey man it's not ready yet like don't don't mortgage your life yet right yeah so you know working through it all but that's a big gamble well dude all right, I, I have enjoyed this. I know we sort of wandered around a little bit. I'm sure folks will find something in here to pull away, but uh, <laughs> it's good to catch up it's a, again. It's a real grab bag this week. That's all right. Some, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. As the kids yeah, say, man. as it, the kids say, sometimes it be like that. Are, are kids saying that now? I think so. I don't know. Maybe they were saying it before and they stopped saying it, and now I'm saying it. Uh, whatever. I just... Uh, I guess I I don't even remember what the is if I'm saying this wrong just whatever. But have you heard of a term is it like shuggy? <laughs> or No, I never heard that. Come, come with me here. Dang it. This is see this is some real old person stuff here. I'm, I'm googling the word I'm trying to say. I'm afraid to uh, uh to google it. Yeah, man, I'm not going to be able to get this. Apparently, there's some word that uh, and I'm getting this from a Peloton instructor during a ride that Gen Z's use to refer to <laughs> millennials about the way the way we're hung up on like outdated things from the 90s and whatnot. Uh, oh, my gosh. Never heard of this. It's, I, apparently, it's, it's a vicious bird. I can feel it. Yeah, well, we'll... Yeah, we'll dig into it later, but it's yeah. it's basically just all about how we're old and out of touch. So, uh, oh well. <laughs> oh man, this might be it. This might be it. Hold on, I'm waiting for the internet to load. Oh my gosh, what are you? Are you? Uh, Is this good podcasting material? <laughs> I mean, maybe if you're on uh, like AOL, I don't know what you're. Nope, I don't have it. There, oh, and, yeah. the, and the people are. And let I know down. it's time. It's like the Dumb and Dumber sequel. Everyone's no. let down. <laughs> well, and I know it's time to wrap it up because Katie's in the background saying, "Yeah, I'm probably not going to listen to this one." <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I enjoyed it. Regardless of anything else, I enjoyed it. Yeah, man. I'll see you tomorrow All on right. the socials I'll running. Talk to you later, brother. All right, man. See ya. <laughs>